welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Joe, the day has finally come. I I don't know if I really thought this would ever happen. I started thinking more so lately that it would. For neither of us being Washington football fans, it doesn't mean quite as much as it does for those that have suffered through it directly. But the Washington football franchise appears to be getting sold. There was an agreement in place. Now it does sound like there's some kind of second bidder for another billion dollars or whatever. But it seems like the, uh, the egg is hatched here and it's it's going to happen and it's getting sold and it's it's far enough long that it's actually going to sell and Dan Snyder's no longer going to be the owner, no longer in control. What's your reaction to that? I mean, what, what was your first thoughts when you saw that drop uh, in the end of last week? Uh, my first thoughts were I was like you. I was surprised. I I unlike you, I guess. Um, before this year, I thought never. He's never going to sell all this reporting. And every time the fans say, oh, this has to be what pushes him out. This has to be what pushes him out. I'm like, you don't understand. He's not going to go away. Like the other owners aren't going to push him out because they've got skeletons in their closet that they're afraid of. I do think what ended up being the bigger problem for him, sadly, isn't all the stuff that absolutely should make you unqualified to be an owner of a professional sports team. It's the part where he was had two sets of books. And so then yeah. it starts affecting the other owner's bottom lines, and that's what got him out, I think. Uh, but even so, it had been so long since we heard they were exploring that I thought he's not going to sell. This is this is for show. This is to buy him some time, and he's still going to hold on to this thing. But then when the news finally broke at the end of last week that he was selling the team, it's like, well, you know, good for Washington fans. I I have been on here a lot this year already talking about my hatred of the Angelos family and my hope that someday they will sell it to someone who actually cares. And we'll keep the team in Baltimore and build a winner there and be committed to that. Um, so this is a great day for them. I think I will say in the NFL that with the salary cap, um, it helps. So you don't have this fear of what some teams have in baseball where they have an expensive new owner. And then it's like, oh, we got to find ways to get that money back because we spent a lot of money on this team and we can't exactly spend hundreds of millions of dollars on payroll to be competitive. Um, so I, I think the NFL is a different animal there. You have a salary cap and a salary floor. So you got to spend so much money. And I think the, the fan base while attendance has dropped off, that fan base is still there. Um, uh, you, you look, need to look no further than the Washington Capitals or the Washington Nationals when they won the World Series, or even now the D.C. Defenders just sold out a game on Sunday. Smaller stadium than an NFL stadium, but the the passion for sports is there in D.C. You just have to give them something that looks like it's trying to be competitive. And just, just a little bit, because, I mean, just the news of the team selling – I mean, for how long I've been hearing, like, all this fan base is dead, it's eroded, 
you know, it's not there. No, I mean, it was just like every direction I turn, everybody's cheering about this team getting sold. So I think just the, I, I think in August or I, mean, I guess September, like there's going to be an increase in <laughs> attendance and stuff like that. Cause people are just going to have renewed spirit there. And yeah, stop. They stopped coming to the game, but they'll be right back. And I know the season tickets used to be on a big waiting list. Like, the ideas of that kind of stuff coming back again are there and the hope for that. Now it's not going to just come automatically. They're going to have to do some winning at some point, but like there's going to be a grace period for this new owner. Cause like they'll be able to say like things were so messed up. We've had to fix this. Like they're going to be able, they're going to have that excuse for five, 10 years <laughs> built in, like where they can just be like, we're still fixing the old mess. Now I'm not saying after like five years that, you know, people will start groaning a little bit, but it's not going to be as bad as Dan Snyder if you do anything with just getting better people in there and the right decisions, not that I'm saying the current head coach has got to go, but he's probably going to go soon because the results haven't been there. New owner's going to want to get his people in. That happens all the time. But I, I just excited that so many of my friends are Washington fans that they'll at least have like legitimate hope. I can't remember the last time that they had hope that I bought into. I think it was RG three and that ended up not being real. Um, but I'm excited that they're excited and for good reason. Yeah, I think more so than the owner, I think the owner is going to bring in a GM and that GM is not going to be Ron Rivera friendly. Um, Probably. Yeah. So and that's fine. It's not like I'm not even I, I'm saying Ron Rivera going. I'm not even going to like use that as a negative. I, I, honestly, like, I think if this new owner or the ownership group just kind of stays out of personnel, I think that will win over the fans in large part because go. that was Dan Snyder was always meddling with something and it was always a problem and it never worked out. And he put a lot of pressure. We won RG three. So they draft RG three gets hurt, which was not really something that you could predict. Um, and then that unraveled, but then the second time Dan Snyder really gets involved, we got to take Dwayne Haskins that ended up not being great. So yeah. it was just, Every time he seemingly was like, we need this guy, or I want to do this. Even it well just before blew that. blew up in their face. Yeah, no, I'm trying to, those are the two most recent examples, I think, at the quarterback yeah, position. Yeah, they had Dion and Bruce Smith and all these guys that were past their prime. Albert Hainsworth I mean, is another one that comes yeah. to mind when he just dropped a ton of money. I, I think that was the biggest NFL contract at the time when they signed Albert Hainsworth. And he just came in overweight, not in shape, and just that was just a killer of a contract on your salary cap and it was just like every time and it was like honestly it's like dallas fans feel about jerry jones when he starts being like oh we need to do this and they're like we need, we need johnny manzel yeah we need you <laughs> to not be involved in this decision making process is what we right. need like every time the owner wants to take on some other role nine times out of ten that doesn't equal success so i think if this new ownership group just runs the day-to-day make sure the check's clear <laughs> fans will be happy the ownership group with the six billion apparently had uh magic johnson involved like i i kind of like that idea of having him kind of be one of the faces of the ownership you know when they do monday night football in washington they're gonna have Whatever. a quick interview with magic johnson so like, i think i think that's good it's such like a more positive aspect than what they have been dealing with and it like I think give legitimacy because like there's a six, the Sixers owner. One of the Sixers owners is involved too. I believe so. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, at least like qualified successful businessmen involved in this. I mean, that's what magic Johnson. I mean, he, if you don't know, I mean, he's 
part ownership, I believe, in the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. He owns a lot of businesses on the West Coast. I mean, absolutely, like, a big empire of businesses that he's owning and running and being successful with that I, I just think, you know, he's going to have his input, maybe in a, minor, in a minority stake of it, but, like, at least his input will be with a positive, I've proven I can do stuff like this, you can do it. You know, the 76ers have... You know, you could probably debate on Not their success and what, you know, yeah. they, they did kind of the tank and gather a bunch of young people, but they've also followed that plan through. Now, some of those young picks haven't worked out and that's hurt them, but I, I still think they saw, they've seen a plan through there. So that's something to hold on to. Like, I mean, that's something you can use as a little bit of credit there. So I, I'm optimistic. I, I share optimism here. I mean, this, like I said, the first time since RG3 that I share the optimism. I'm not just laughing at them when they're positive about that. Yes, it's different than Nance Snyder. I agree. It's good. Yes, I think that will be great for them. And um, yeah, I, I mean, look, I only wish them so much success. Um, but I for, hey, for all the Washington AFC fans. fans. We're both, both our teams are AFC teams. We only have to root against them later. So. <laughs> right. Um, but. For, and, and, you know, they're not stealing your TV contract for their anything, fandom. So. Yeah, no, they're not trying to sue us over a TV <laughs> agreement they made when they got to exist. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm happy for their fans. And um, I, I think this is hopefully good news. I know there were some fans that were hoping for a Jeff Bezos because he may be. I know Patrick Hyde had mentioned, you know, he had the he money to build the stadium, build the stadium yeah. <laughs> himself and then still spend money on the team. I, yeah, you're going to, I've got news for DC. They're going to have to, that's going to be publicly funded or at least part of it will be. That's not going to, that ownership group is not paying hundred percent for that stadium. And, um, but I do think they will get a stadium done now. So. Yeah. It seems like Virginia is the most likely I I'm still holding out. hope. I, I think it would work. I think it would be just cool. Things would work right. All is right in the world. If it's in the RFK site, I know there's a bunch of hoops to jump through with the national uh, federal government because that land is yep. owned federally right now. Um, uh, just, at least I think there's a chance of something getting worked out because Dan Snyder's not there. But that's it an might easy not. fix. It all you got to do. Virginia, that's but, an easy fix. All you got to do is get Clarence Thomas on a, on a jet, fly him around a little bit, and he'll make sure it gets done. Yeah, I mean, there's probably people on both sides that can be bought. So there you go. Um, all right, let's get down to the high school games. And we had a big week looking ahead at baseball where Gap was playing Wilson and then Wilson was playing Fort. And uh, Wilson split the week. Gap got the win over Wilson on Tuesday night. Micah Canterbury kind of led the effort there uh, for the Bison as he pitched well, hit well did what it took to, uh, I think it was a go-ahead homer, uh, was part of it. So Canterbury, big name out of Buffalo Gap in any sport that he's playing in, does it again here for baseball. We knew he'd be big for them this year. They beat the Hornets. Um, I believe that was their first uh, district loss of the season. Well, then they rebound, beat Fort Defiance. Well, I'll say Fort Defiance, not near what we thought they were going to be. This We had them in that upper tier. We heard they had good pitching. None of that's being proven true. I mean, they're giving up 13 and a half runs per game. Um, they're had a bad week last week. It's just Fort Defiance. We might not be talking about much more because they're zero and three in the district now. I I think they'll get some wins in there, but Fort Defiance might not be who we thought they were. But that sets up Wilson 
and Riverhead's game this Tuesday. We talked about it for a touch last week, but Wilson, you know, after losing to Buffalo Gap, really can't doesn't want to see if they can afford a loss to Riverheads. Riverheads undefeated, 3-0 and in the district. They have had a couple big wins. They beat Fort Defiance like everyone has. Um, they're scoring a bunch of runs. They're scoring 12 runs a game in their wins. So uh, it sets up a huge game Tuesday night in Greenville. Yes, and honestly, it's like you said, it's a game that you kind of feel. Wilson, a team that I was thinking was about to run away with this thing, Um all of a sudden, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo Gap is playing really well. Yeah. Which is great for Buffalo Gap. They, I think they needed that kind of week, and um, they got it. And so it puts them right there with Riverheads. I do think Wilson, if they lose to Riverheads, can still win the district. But um, you have more hope with that because the, because you were because we were positive. We thought right. they might be the best team in the district. Right. So you have a little more optimism on them rebounding, even with a second loss in the district, because they could come through the second half of the season and, and, and not lose. It. So I, yeah. I agree with that point. But uh, all the same, it is, as you said, it's, it's easier if you don't have to worry about that scenario and you just take care of business yeah. and go out and win. Yeah. And Riverheads, I, I mean, I, I <laughs> We're setting me up to say all the positive things about Riverheads, but this is a young Riverheads team. I mean, this this is kind of why we we weren't talking about Riverheads in the first line. We were kind of talking Wilson. Honestly, we were still saying stuff about Fort Defiance, but you know, we kind of had Riverheads that little step behind. Um, you know, still in the upper half, but here they are, three and zero, six and two on the season. Their two losses to Allegheny, who have to be pretty good, um, but Riverheads sitting in a great position here early in the season. Like I said, young. And uh, Holden Fitzgerald, their freshman young guy, uh, good on the mound. Um, but, you know, two seniors, I think only two juniors. They're just not upper class heavy. A lot of sophomores, a couple freshmen producing for this team. So it's, it's kind of interesting for the future, but this is their last year in Class A. And usually when they are on the top of the district, that's the years they go deeper in the state playoffs. So that's something to look ahead to, but plenty of business to take care of first starting Tuesday night with the game uh, in Greenville. I should be at that game. That's the plan for the McCray family is to to be at that game, watching that and the softball games. Um, and I expect, especially for the baseball, Riverheads had the end of last week off. I think Wilson kind of has it set up. We should see some good pitching in this game. Like both teams, probably one of their top pitchers going at it here. So it'll be interesting to see if this, you know, big offense that we've seen out of both teams shows up in this game or are we going to see a lower – uh, scoring game. I would predict probably a lower scoring game, not, you know, double digit runs for either one of the teams, but I, I'm excited about it. Um, moving over to the softball, uh, you know, Wilson and Riverheads do play this week, but that's two teams that are sitting behind four and O Stewart's draft who we did not predict that would happen. They've won seven in a row. Uh, and then Buffalo gap three and one um, who actually have a, a loss to Wilson who, and that doesn't look as good as we thought it was going to be. Uh, but those two teams sitting on top there and, you know, good for Stewart's draft. I mean, I think they've kind of been built into this last year. They were behind Riverheads and Wilson in the standings and Fort Defiance, obviously who went undefeated in the district. And and they've kind of made that jump up here and they, they've beat good teams. They beat the heck out of Wilson. Um, they, they just had a lot of big wins so far this season, eight and two on the season. So, uh, you know, good on them. And, and we're going to see a lot more out of the Cougars down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, 4-0 and in the district is a great start, but seven wins straight is 
phenomenal. And I think this is a team that right now is kind of catching us by surprise. We didn't exactly think we'd see Stewart's draft with a chance to win the Shenandoah district. I remember you asked me, is Fort Defiance going to lose a game this year? Um, and they've, lost two they've lost two yeah. already. So they've got some work to do. Uh, I, I'd say the fact that Wilson ended up getting picked off in baseball means that we are going to have a bit tighter of a race there than I thought. And I think also in softball, we're going to have a fun, exciting season with Stewart's draft, Buffalo Gap. And then I, I just don't rule out Fort Defiance yet. I know they've lost twice, but does kind of feel like they're going to be able to, if there is a team that starts slow and can put it together and end up winning the district, that's Fort Defiance. And Todd Wood is, you know, knows his team better than anybody. Uh, he's an excellent coach, and I would be shocked if Fort Defiance just the wheels fall off the wagon. Yeah, I, I would expect them to get up there in that that top grouping and uh, have their chance for number one. I, I think that's why it still gives credit to Riverheads, you know, after their battle and three week they came back and beat Fort Defiance and it kind of makes you think, okay, then are, are they still in the mix too? But uh, Fort Defiance, you definitely give that benefit of the doubt more, but at some point someone's got to knock Stewart's draft off before we can really buy into anybody other than them. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that happens coming up. Uh, they have Buffalo gap on Friday, Stewart's draft, Buffalo gap on Friday. So that's definitely the biggest softball game of the week this week. Uh, something to watch out for. So Tuesday, Riverheads, Wilson Baseball, Friday, Stewart's Draft, Buffalo Gap, um, Softball. So those are the two big games to watch on the Diamond this week. Looking over at soccer, uh, the only real big note that I had, you know, was last week we talked about Wilson and Fort Defiance. Well, Wilson just wiped Fort out four to nothing. And uh, so Wilson, you know, kind of halfway through, they played all the upper echelon teams there in the district and won them all. So now they can kind of not go on cruise control, but – think they can take care of business from here and see what happens behind them as uh, Fort and Stanton will play this week. That's really the only game of note uh, on the boys soccer side. Yeah. And look, uh, Wilson's going to win this. Yeah. That's (laughs) the thing, (laughs) right? That's the thing. Yeah. Leland has done this long enough with me to know where I'm going. Uh, I'm going to be checked out on the boys soccer because I just, I think it's over And, and, Sorry, I, Wilson's going to win the district, so it's it's a race well, for second place in my opinion, and I think even that isn't going to be much of a race. So, and and you might you might be saying the same thing about the Wilson girls. I mean, they're three and zero in the district now. They beat Fort Defiance last mm-hmm. week, and that's always a big win. I know you know their record's not super this year so far, but I mean that's that's a solid win. Uh, they had already had the Waynesboro win, so Wilson's in a good spot on both boys and girls soccer, and uh, both three and zero in the districts. Yes, they are. Uh, and, and you still think that Waynesboro maybe has an outside shot if they can get that other Wilson match that on the return fixture. But it, it is starting to feel that way. It, Waynesboro can't afford to slip up against anybody else because the Wilson girls soccer team looks really, really good. I, I don't think it's a bad sign. I, I keep trying to bring hope to Stanton. I think Stanton girls there. They had the tie against Waynesboro a week ago. They had two three C wins last week against uh, Rockbridge 
and Broadway. And I think that's another uplifting thing for that soccer program. Sure. I mean, that soccer program on the girls' side has been down. And so I think they're kind of gaining momentum here. Do I think this is going to take them to a, a district championship? No, but I think it steps in the right direction. I like that for Windsor. Uh, so just wanted to mention that there. We had another big showdown here uh, already on Monday night. Riverheads and Wilson came into that meeting on the court in boys tennis, undefeated, both Wilson and Riverheads. And Wilson slipped by the Gladiators in Greenville, getting a 5-4 victory, a tight one. Um, I, I was texting with uh, Dylan Norcross, the head coach of Riverheads, and he said it was just a tough match. And uh, so I appreciate getting a score for him, but also – you know, that, that's interesting. Wilson has been on top in this district in the boys' tennis for sure for a while now. And so this is Riverheads competing with them right there. I mean, 5-4, that's, you know, that ain't 9-0, that's not 8-1. You know, that's right there. And so, you know, an example to the Riverheads boys, what's it going to take to beat them the next time around? And it's hard to say there's no chance of that when it's 5-4 in this one. So uh, Riverheads with a heck of a start do drop this one to Wilson. Wilson, you know, you kind of pass by that because you're used to seeing this at them. They've gone through the district undefeated in these previous years and and whatnot. They're having a heck of a season again. So I, I do think we're the way we've seen this with both Wilson and Riverheads knocking off Waynesboro last week, um, which kind of seems like Waynesboro is the next best one. It just does feel like we're going to build up to this rematch again that'll happen in Fishersville next time. Yeah, and I think that's great for the sport, right? Yeah, we we talk about what makes these sports exciting you need that dominant team but you need people to be able to compete with them and so for riverheads to be in a tight one and lose that makes all the more attention on that second go around when they uh, play over in fishersville yeah on track i know the district season got underway last week um not a whole lot to report there uh but i did want to bring up stanton's uh, malaya cable he you know obviously we've heard about his long jumping and high jumping from Last year's spring track season, he just went down to uh, the Adidas Track Nationals in Virginia Beach. He was named an All-American at that. Uh, he had a second-place finish in the long jump, a good finish in the high jump. And uh, this is coming off an indoor season where he set a new state record for uh, the long jump. So uh, he's got a lot going on. He's got Division One interest from all over the country. Uh, but just kind of want to mention that. That's an All-American uh, in our listening area here. So uh, congratulations to him. I'm sure we'll be talking about him down the down the stretch of the track season because he's kind of that one of the bigger teams kind of making, you know, big splash uh, in the in the track results every time he's there. I know, you know, on the girls side, we talk about Summer Wallace and we talk about uh, a draft, a lot of the success they've had in girls track. But on the boys side, it's really been Cable doing a lot of the newsworthy things uh, there for Stanton. Uh, so let's move it on coaching news, local coaching news, and kind of probably buried one of the bigger leads here, new Stewart's draft girls, head coach, Chad Siebert. Now that name sounds familiar to a lot of people. Uh, he used to be at TA and Eastern Mennonite as head coach. He's been an assistant in the EMU Bridgewater and Mary Baldwin. So definitely knows the area, uh, even at the high school level. So, uh, that's going to be interesting to see him. As head coach and out there in Stewart's draft, he's got young uh, daughters coming up as well. I, I assume he might have a chance to coach them there. So uh, a cool hire there for Stewart's draft. And that's that's one of many holes uh, that we have open in the basketball uh, teams that that's finally gets filled out there in Stewart's draft. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned those other jobs, Stanton girls, Riverheads girls and Fort Boys yeah. still open. But hopefully, 
<laughs> Sometimes these things happen in the background. <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully the uh, Seward Draft girls have the right guy for the job. I'm sure it will be. And um, man, with with all these new coaches, basketball season is going to be crazy. It is. You have to get used to a lot going out there. All right. On to the Diamond Sports um, the one thing I wanted to note, uh, as I, I don't want to necessarily run through all this, but, uh, Virginia tech baseball kind of had a rebound weekend, Georgia tech, decent team in the ACC this year. And they played with big crowds, <coughs> excuse me, because of the spring game in Blacksburg this weekend, they had big crowds, at the baseball game every night, uh, and afternoon on Sunday this weekend, and they swept Georgia tech. So that was kind of, you know, a step in the right direction for this baseball team that hasn't necessarily been. Uh, the team we were hoping they would be based on last year's results. And uh, they they need a step in the right direction as they're going to go down to Florida State uh, this coming weekend. But I just kind of want to mention that as as I was eager to see a uh, baseball team kind of get it going. I know softball has been better to start, kind of have wavered a little bit this last week or so, getting blown out by Tennessee and dropping a series at, at Notre Dame. But I was happy the baseball team kind of stepped it up this weekend. Yeah, they needed that. Um, the – Two in-state programs I want to talk about. UVA, uh, they did lose a series versus Pitt at home, but that's a good Pitt team. And uh, they'll be playing at VCU on Tuesday. You can watch that game. Yeah, they will. ESPN Plus, or I'll be honest here, I'm not sure where our CW station is based out of, but if it's the one based out of Richmond, you can watch it on the CW. Um, VCU will be hosting the Cavaliers Tuesday at 7 p.m., uh, VCU is coming off of a series win against George Mason. They won the game Friday night, five, nothing, uh, scored five runs again on Saturday, but gave up 10 and then 11 to three on Sunday where they batted around in the first inning with a grand slam and a two run home run. Ooh. They got the ire of the Mason coach, um, who did not appreciate one of the hitters admiring his work, but I have always believed if you it. don't want him to admire his work, then don't have VCU put something on the moon. So big day for the VCU space program. And that's, you know, that's, that's cool. UVA playing uh, at VCU on Tuesday. So you'll be on the call. So that's the one we all need to be watching with the audio up. Uh, You can also be interested in JMU softball playing at UVA on Tuesday night as well. That's on the ACC network. So it's definitely multiple TV night. Uh, I'm going to be at the Wilson Riverheads game, but that starts at five. So I should be able to get home, maybe not by first pitch of these games, but I might have to roll out the second TV uh, uh, out into the living room, second big TV to make sure I get all this covered. But uh, yeah, big nights, big Tuesday. I've been looking ahead at this Tuesday for at least a week now, and uh, it's here. Yeah, it's a big, big showdown with UVA and in-state teams. All right, into the big diamond, Major League Baseball. The, The Rays finally lost. I, we knew it was coming at some point, but the Blue Jays got them. It wasn't, I mean, we were on the podcast a week ago talking about it. Rays still won the rest of the weekdays, but they lost. Uh, maybe it was Friday night. They lost to the Blue Jays. Yeah, it, it's. You figured once they started playing teams not named the Boston Red Sox in the division that maybe they would drop a game somewhere. And they did. They played the Blue Jays and lost a game finally. But the Rays are also really good. So. <laughs> That's the scary part. You can't win a division in April, but you can lose one. And the Rays are positioning themselves to where they're going to be a force the entire way down the stretch. The Yankees are right there. The Jays will be a team. 
I'd love to say the Orioles are going to yeah. be a team, but it's really going to depend on pitching. The whole division 500 better. Yeah, Boston is the one team that I don't think will be 500 for long. I, I do think I, – I just don't buy what they're selling. I, I've I've seen them play at the beginning of the year. I've, I've followed – you know, with them being in the division, I'm following their games night in, night out, and checking box scores and stuff. And I, I just don't think Boston's in it for the long haul. I, I think the Orioles pitching – They've got some guys in the bullpen that are going to be healthy and returning over the next month. Um, and then John Means will be back in a month or two to help out the starting rotation. I I, I think the, the Orioles will be getting better as the season goes on, and Boston will not. Boston is what they are. And so that's why I have confidence that the Orioles will continue to improve um, and Boston will fade away into oblivion. Also, the Braves look as strong over the National League, starting out twelve and four, and they've played some teams, uh, or at least yes, teams that have spent some money. So, so that's that's a decent sign, but it's still early for everybody. Um, the big story of the week is going to be the Angels at Yankees. So that's Shohei Otani uh, playing in New York versus you know Aaron Judge and the gang out there. So you know, I think Major League Baseball Network is just advertising one way or the other. We're going to show you as much of these games each night this week, uh, even though I don't think they have the full rights to. To them, but I think one of the nights are showing it on there, and then I think they're talking about like continual cut-ins on the other shows. So they're going to be hyping that all week. And I mean, it's cool. I mean, this this you do want Major League Baseball pumping this. This is you know your most famous team and you know the most electric player in the game right now, who also plays on the same team as probably the best player that's been playing in the league the last five. Shoot, he's probably been in the league. How long's he? I mean, he's been in the league ten years now, hadn't he? So. Um, yeah, it's it's a big time matchup uh, with some of the more familiar names and team names that you have in the league, and it should be exciting. Yeah, and I, I think, um, I don't know, man. It's just it's going to be exciting because the names. I yeah, hope it's an exciting it. series. I I just think the Yankees are going to kill them. I, the Angels suck. Yeah, I mean the Angels do, but. I mean, think back to sports when we were a kid. I mean, the NBA pumped names and Major League Baseball at that point pumped names. So I I think it's good. I mean, it's it it's good that the series is happening right now. It's good that they're pumping it. I think and what uh, would help Major I'll League be Baseball the Angels. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what what would help Major League Baseball pump names and stuff like that is, you know, one, um, kind of as I was touching on to when we were talking about the college baseball a little bit. Let players have fun. It's a game. Let them have fun and celebrate when they do good things, whether it's striking out and celebrating on the mound as you walk off, don't eject a kid, Um, whether it's hitting a home run and staring at it or celebrating with your teammates. um, Let them do that uh, and don't try to be the fun police. That's one thing that Major League Baseball could do to help pump names and push names. I want to come back to this. I want to come back to this. And another thing could be that Major League Baseball could get rid of the blackout rule that actively oh. prevents people from watching their games. This this is the you could complain about this weekly. So there's there's your uh, weekly bop right there on that. Back to the celebration stuff. I think I'm kind of locking into my kind of my stance on celebration stuff because I'm not Mr. You know, get off my lawn. Any celebrations wrong. I know I'm the old man on this podcast, but I'm not. And, and you know that what I am is I'm really fine with in-the-moment celebration, like the reaction to the big play, to the reaction to the big score. Like, I I am pretty good with anything I see there. When 
what was it, Delgado threw his bat down in a playoff game for the Blue Jays or whatever. That I mean, was like, Jose Batista. Batista, sorry. Um, Delgado probably was played in a decade before that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many Blue Jays playoff games he was a part of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he was uh, on the Blue Batista, Jays. when he threw the bat down, yeah, I know yeah. that a little old now, but like that was awesome. And and a lot of this, uh, what was the guy uh, was for Mexico? Being an Orioles they, fan, I have a different view of that. But um, a Rosarena. Well, okay, but but you make the play at the wall and Randy arms. like that was cool. And mm-hmm. like, I like the, in the moment stuff. And I think I touched on this a little bit with some of the basketball late this season where when it's in the moment and when it's the reaction to the shot made, when it's the reaction to the big hit, when it's the reaction to the big out, like I'm good. I just don't like dead time. I've thought about it and now I'm going to start doing something like that's what I like less. I just, I, I don't think that's as cool. I think is my thing. I'm not saying everybody deserves to be ejected for something like that. I just, I really do enjoy when it is emotional and not kind of planned or thought out. Um, and not so much. I mean, I've still laughed at T.O. when he, you know, hides a pin in his shoe to sign the ball. Like that was still funny to me, but I, I am more okay and good and just laugh at or think it's awesome when it's like definitely like an emotional reaction to what just happened. Yeah, I mean, the Orioles have this thing this year called, well, I, I think officially sprinkler. It's, it's called, well, that's one of the celebrations they have. That was cool. Um, but they also it's have what they, out, they're <laughs> calling, they're calling it the Homer hose, um, where okay. when somebody hits a home run, it's a funnel with a hose and they pour water down it and the person who hit the home run drinks water. Um it originally I, I was a part of one of those. It usually didn't have water though. No, it was originally called the dong bong uh, by the fans. <laughs> oh, and then it okay. got, it got changed to the Homer hose. Um, it's fine. Okay. And so, and that's like, that's more in the area of like, but the, that's major league baseball whatever. teams are starting to do that. And again, it's a thing of like, Hey, this is a game. We're what? having fun. Like that's fine. The Angels have like the, the, the Asian Halo. warrior helmet and stuff. That's cool. Which I'm sure if Shohei wasn't there, people would be up at arms about. But it it's cool, and that's more of like a home run chain or something. And like that's in your own dugout. That's like I'm fine with most of that. Even some of it, I'm going to roll my eyes at. But whatever. But I guess the on the field stuff where people might be like, oh, they're showing the other one up. I think when it's the natural reaction or something, I'm very good. I saw. I know I sent it to you. The Florida pitcher. And, and I, you, they don't show the angle, so you can't be sure of exactly how it went down. But they're like, oh, this guy got thrown out for this. And he strikes the guy out, and then he's yelling. And I, I'm pretty sure he's just yelling at the player. And that he got ejected for that. I'm really not going to argue and say which way or the other there. But what I loved was the next half inning, I believe, the guy gets up, a different player, but he gets up and hits a grand slam and he runs around the bases like a robot and comes across home plate with no emotion, no, like his body was stiff and he just goes through home plate, through all of his teammates without anything, no high fives, straight into the dugout. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I did laugh. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. If they're not dropping explicitives, or expletives he's staring the other guy, like in college too like there's there's stuff in there. like there is written sure if there's of, if there's not expletives being said i kind of look it it's like sports <laughs> it did look like it but and if that's if that's the case then okay i'm fine with the ejection but if it's just striking him out going yeah take that or something you know look we also weren't watching the game i just know this from 
calling college baseball games, dugouts talk a lot during the plays. They're chanting and saying, this guy ain't got nothing. He's going to walk in. And so, like, that part of me is like, if you're an umpire, you just got to kind of just That's the don't other thing. insert yourself where it doesn't need to be. We saw a little clip of video of this game. We have no idea what built up before that. Oh, if sure. If there had been any kind of, like, all right, guys, calm it down, you know. Like, maybe that was what was necessary at the moment. So I'm really not going to say either way on that guy. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. But I loved the rebuttal from Florida with uh, no emotion, grand slam, <laughs> no celebration. I thought that was awesome. Sure. But it, it oh. goes back to, like, the NCAA getting rid of teams celebrating. Like, you know, obviously for Virginia Tech fans, the hokey hammer. Like, they can't do that anymore, yeah. which is stupid. They can't do JMU, I think, has a crown that they put on people when they hit a home run. Like, they can't do that because it's a prop. And it's just like, heaven forbid somebody have fun. Like, yeah. that that's what irks me. Like, baseball needs to get over itself a little bit. And I know Major League Baseball isn't outlawing these team celebrations, which is good. But the NCAA also just needs to let them have fun. Who cares? Yeah. And you know what? Especially if you're the other team, if you're the other really team cares. and you don't want to see Virginia Tech drop drop the hokey hammer and you don't want to see a kid from JMU put a crown on, you don't want to see VCU dance around and celebrate when they hit a home run, then don't let them hit the home run. Stop throwing a ball middle middle and watching it get hit 500 feet off the scoreboard. Like it's really not it it's on you. Yeah. didn't tell your Yeah, VCU didn't tell your pitcher to throw it middle middle to get hit to the moon. They just, yep. if you hang it, they're going to bang it, and it's going to leave the yard. Like, that's what happens. Well, Any I more baseball cliches you want me to get in? That uh, walk up to the line of what we could say on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we're right there. <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're on the line of what's appropriate to talk about or not inappropriate to talk about. Let's bring on one of my best friends. All right, so we'll bring on the winner now of the women's basketball bracket pool for the X Sports podcast. It's it's Wendy. I, I Wendy. I, so many times I wrote Wendy Ball on my thing, but it's Wendy Hall. I, I never have to call you that. And Wendy Ball Hall is, I guess, the way I prefer to say this. But Wendy, you won. Your prize is to come on here and talk to Joe and I. And uh, congratulations. Thanks. I'm excited. I'm excited that this is the best prize there is. Well, you know, you won by selling your soul and not picking the Hokies to win the national title. And uh, which I know you well enough to know there's no one more Hokie in the world than you. Um, I've lived with you at Virginia Tech. I've known you your whole life. You are absolutely more Hokie than anybody. And yet you still picked you picked LSU to beat the Hokies in the final four and then win the national championship just crazy that you picked that right i also hate that you were right <laughs> i to be honest i probably watched more women's basketball this year you know it's probably since i've been at tech and watched you know so much of the basketball while we were there and i watched so many games with lsu and just kind of thought they were really like a well-rounded team and, and they had the offense they had the defense they had the guard they had the post i just kind of felt like they couldn't be beat. Um, and when they lost early in the SEC tournament, I kind of got super nervous. Um, 
but you know, kind of stuck with the picks and things that I had and went with it. So now when you were watching, I, I know what you were thinking during our final four game uh, during the Hokies final four game, because you were at my house the game before that and had made a declaration of what was going to happen. What tell our listeners what the plan was during that game, what, what, what you were 10 minutes away from doing. And the lead from the third quarter when it ended continued and we won. Uh, my mom and I were had already looked into tickets and hotels and we were leaving first thing that next Saturday morning. We were headed to Dallas uh, to be there for the national championship. So my long story short, my brother and dad got to go to the national championship um, for football when Virginia Tech played. And my parents at the time decided that it was more important for me to stay back for high school volleyball practice um, and not go to the national championship. So ever since then, it's kind of been a running joke in our family that no matter what sport it was, if tech made it back, I was going, I didn't realize it would be so long, but uh, had it happened, I was on my way to Dallas and doesn't look like I made it. So, so I, I guess I'm going to jump to that on talking when you brought up your dad and you know, the reason you are such a Hokie, so much of a Hokie, not only did you go there and grow up being a Hokie fan, but your dad was a Hokie and played on the football team back in the day. And uh, if, if, if I was going to say anybody was more Hokie than you, it would be your dad. That would be the only one that I would allow even be in that conversation. But uh, let's, talk about your, let's talk about your dad. Talk about how he was as a fan. <laughs> so he probably wasn't. The, the best example of a fan. I mean, he <laughs> truly hated everybody, especially UVA. Um, and I can remember <laughs> several instances um, like UVA, I think, I can't remember what year it was. It was in the early 90s, but they ended up winning right in the end. And my dad took his Walkman and headphones off and chucked them in the wall and it just shattered everywhere. <laughs> And I could just hear my mom, you know, yelling, you know, at my dad, Ronald Ellsworth, and like my brother and I kind of in our ways, like, yeah, dad, we get it. But also like, oh, crap, you know, you're in big trouble with uh, mom. <laughs> but he, he, I mean, he didn't like to lose, but he could not stand losing to Virginia. Um, and he always said, you know, Tech could be 1-11 as long as that one win was against UVA. He was okay with the season. Like, you could consider it a moral victory. We could just chalk it up. I, I always appreciate it because, I mean, I've sat with you at so many football games and sat in your seats or sat with, I've sat with your parents without you there. Um, he would get so nervous in a game, even, even if, even if Tech was going to win by like two touchdowns, he was still so nervous. Like usually second half, he's just standing in the corner of the stadium. He's not even in his seats anymore. He's in the, <laughs> in the corner walking, like stressing out. I loved it. Yeah. And he passed it on to uh, my brother and I, we both <laughs> the games that we're watching as well. In fact, uh, even when we were at your house watching with women's basketball, I just can't, I just can't sit down and no lead is good enough. I don't know if it's because I've seen so many leads blown or just because I've been a coach and no sports to know that, you know, it never is good enough until the game's over. But he, uh, he was definitely that way always. And he would be irate with especially like personal fouls um, and penalties he thought that was the dumbest. He'd have hated last year, wouldn't he? <laughs> he? He would have. But I can remember him throwing his hat down in the stands and stomping on it, just disgusted. We have, you know, three touchdown lead, but somebody just made some kind of offsides or false start, and he was he wasn't he wasn't happy. 
so my, I, I think I talked about it. I talked about your dad a lot, um, you know, about last fall when he passed. And I, I said a lot about him then. And I want to talk more about him too. But one of my favorite memories as a tech fan for myself is when we beat Nebraska, absolutely stole it in Lane Stadium. My, my joke story that is more true than it should be is shoving my wife out of the way so I could hug your dad. So he was still in the stands in that one. Uh, he was at a point where I don't, I don't think you guys let him go off by himself anymore. And I pushed her out of the way to hug him and celebrating that victory with him. And I, I think I did it not on the touchdown. I think I did it on when Danny Cole caught it and was racing down the sidelines. But it was just crazy. That's why I didn't know he didn't score a touchdown because I was busy already hugging him. I, uh, watching that play, you know, when they do the, the Virginia Tech Power Hour, that's something that Dad and I watched a lot, especially towards the end. You know, there was nothing better for him to watch because it was one hour of nothing but great tech plays, yes. and there was no winning or losing. So it was just 60 of the best plays for tech history, um, and he and I would watch it a lot, especially towards the end. And every time that play happens on that on the power hour, I'm like, well, here's where we all chest bumped each other and Stephanie went <laughs> flying. That's how I <laughs> – but you could have thrown her. I don't know. I thought we kind of chest bumped each other. It didn't matter. The Hokies were celebrating – <laughs> awesome um, awesome so just uh touching a touch more on your dad i still want to talk more tech stuff but i mean you're a daughter of a head football coach i mean we, we have a lot of the head football coaches from the area on and they talk about you know the teams and then at some point they'll talk about their family and the balance and all that and we, we've heard a lot of that you're, you're on the side of being growing up in a household with your dad not there every evening because uh, he's coaching football. Now, I know you were very involved, and I, I'm sure when at certain ages you were there a lot, uh, but is there any stories that stick out to you of him being a head football coach, uh, you know, at, at the different schools in the area that he that he coached at that that really uh, – that you think of a lot or that reminds you of or, or will make me laugh? That, that's what I – that's what I, I want to be entertained. Tell me tell me a good <laughs> or wrong. Um, so there's just, like, good memories I had when he was at draft. Um, I was the mascot cheerleader, so I could cheer on the sidelines and, you know, at draft, they had one of the, I'm not saying they were the first one, but it was one of the first ones locally where like everyone went on the field after the game and they just had a big community movement after the game, whether they went, they won or lost. Um, and then when he was at Wilson, Brian and I were old enough to be the water boy and girl for the football team. So then we got to be at the, on the sidelines for all the games. Um, and that was super interesting because that was like even closer. And I think I learned a lot about the game then. And I learned so much about the game that I just really was determined to play football. And dad just continued to remind me, not that it wasn't that girls couldn't play. He, he didn't say that, but he said, I know what goes on at the bottom of the football pile. And I'm not letting my daughter be down on the bottom of the football pile and let that happen. <laughs> um, but one of my favorite memories is when uh, Wilson played at Stonewall Jackson. Um, I don't even know. I can't remember what the new name of the high school is. Uh, yeah. And it was like, it was a rainy game and Wilson was kind of supposed to be winning. And I think they were down like in the fourth quarter. Dad called a timeout. So Brian and I hustle out with dad out to the huddle, you know, and he was just yelling, screaming, all kinds of stuff. But he's also reaching his pocket and eating his oyster crackers and candy corn in the middle of this huddle because he was just so nervous and that was how he was trying to handle it. So he turns around to go off the field and he falls, um, which that's obviously that's not the funny part. But when he fell, all of his oyster crackers and candy corn fell out of his pockets and went everywhere in the field. 
So then it became something where it's like people were trying to help dad off the field. Brian and I were in charge of like collecting all the candy corn and oyster crackers because there wasn't a crap all over the field. Um, and for some reason, it just, although I was concerned about his safety, it was one of the most funny things. It was like, here we are on the football field in the rain and I'm picking up candy corn. Like, what is, what is my life? Uh, but it was okay. Wilson ended up winning. Uh, dad ended up being all right. So it was all worked out. That's awesome. Um, that's great. So uh, I don't want to leave. I, I don't want to only talk about your dad. Your mom also a football coach's wife. And she, I know she did stats for football. Um, she's done all, I mean, she's coached everything uh, at, at Fort. She even got an award today. I saw, I saw that breaking news today. Uh, yeah. Bonnie Ball award winner at Climmore. Yeah. So she, I mean, I think anyone who knows my mom knows she's just the best and she does everything for everyone else first. Absolutely. Uh, I can remember all the coaches meetings at the house on Sundays. She would have all the food ready um, and they would go downstairs and watch film. Of course, I was back in like VHS days. Um, they'd be watching film downstairs. They'd have food. Then she'd make sure Brian and I were out of the way. Um, she always kept the stats. Um, that way it was like part of, you know, being there with dad. Um, but she just always is giving to others. Um, and so I just think it's neat. My dad's in the Storch Draft Hall of Fame, uh, but my mom's in the Forge Finance Hall of Fame. So I just think it kind of shows both of their commitments to the, their communities um, and that they're just always kind of doing things for other people. So I'm super proud of them and proud to be a part of the family with them. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've followed in their footsteps. You've done a lot up there too. So give you, I'll give you a little bit of credit to do, but not as much as Bonnie. I mean, Bonnie's the best. So uh, yeah, I mean, she's the one that puts on the tailgate that uh, me and all my friends come to for tech games. So every time I get on this podcast and talk about having such a great time at tech, uh, it's, you know, I'm talking about your mom's tailgate. So uh, which we, we had fun down there at the spring game this weekend. And uh, that was a great day. I like you, you could, you took more advantage of it than my family did. You guys did the, the walk you guys did um the cheerleading one day camp for your little one and uh that was good but we had a, we had a good day yeah i like it um i just missed football season even though this last season wasn't the best for tech uh the spring game is always my favorite because it's just like it's football's right back in your face the, the environment the music everything's ready and then i know it's just a couple months till kickoff um so I just have always enjoyed the spring game just because it kind of really gets me back in the football spirit. So I'll, I'll let, I'll cut it to Joe here. We'll, we'll stay talking about football, but I'll, I'll let Joe lead us into this because I'll just shut up for the next five minutes. That's, that's good. Cause we're going to talk about a team. that's actually good. The Baltimore Ravens, mm -hmm. not, I am a Hokie fan. I should say that, but yeah, I'm just, <laughs> you hear the gasp. She's like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. 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 No, I am a Virginia tech fan. I'm just, Bracing myself for another rebuilding season. Um, but the Ravens, um, Leland said you're a Ravens fan. I'm a Ravens fan. And uh, I wanted to get your take because the Ravens in the news right now are not the best news in franchise history with the quarterback controversy and the contract issues going on. But uh, I have said on this podcast, I've said to Leland, like, I just think as great as Lamar is, I kind of understand why the front office is a little worried about giving him a fully guaranteed contract as a fellow Ravens fan. What is your opinion on it? Um, I would agree. And I kind of, um, my dad's philosophy was always, I know the NFL is a little different than high school, but my dad's philosophy was always about it being more of a team aspect than a player. 
And sometimes I just feel like when we get in these discussions, although I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, he hasn't done a lot for the Ravens team. I just feel like it starts to be greedy more than anything. And I feel like the last time we kind of got in this predicament to me, I'm thinking of Joe Flacco. Yep. And I just really feel like the team fell apart um, after we guaranteed him all of that money. So I just don't want to see that happen again. Yeah, I, I agree. That's the other, that was the other one that kind of came in my head. We win the Super Bowl. And then we have to pay Joe Flacco a bunch of money and then we don't have any money to go around. And all of a sudden, all the supporting pieces that helped Joe Flacco look good in that playoffs are gone. And with Lamar, I mean, you can't even count on to be on the field for the second half of the season. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to sign up for a huge cap hit there. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I do I think he's impressive? Absolutely. Do I love that he's on our team and not other teams, especially like the Steelers? Absolutely. Um, but I do find like him being injured all the time and I, not that the rumors I hear are always true, but then there becomes talk of locker room, um, behavior and things. So I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of the whole situation and just wanted to move on and, Man. and go from. <laughs> so let's talk about what made you a Ravens fan. I know for me, it was just kind of, um, Grew up as a Cowboys fan, and then Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones, I wanted a new team. Ravens moved into the market, and I was like, all right, I don't have to root for Washington because I couldn't root for them because I grew up painting them. So now I got this other local team I can root for in the Ravens. Uh, what brought the Ravens in your fandom? So my mom's from Baltimore, uh, and so we grew up Orioles fans and going to Camden Yard. Well, of course, it's time of Oriole Park. Um, and we just loved Baltimore and – um, so when the Ravens came back, you know, of course, my mom was there when, as she says, the Colts were stolen in the middle of the night. Um, and so they were super excited. Vans. Yeah. Yeah. So they were, she was, they were all excited to get the Ravens back. And, you know, I've just, ever since then, I've just been Ravens fans since my mom's from Baltimore. And a, a lot of my family still lives there and we're up there a lot. Um, so now we do kind of the Orioles and the Ravens. Um, and I don't know. I've just kind of stuck with it. I've, I, I think the Ravens are awesome. I think there's years that we've had the talent and we've kind of underachieved, but um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like we have some untapped talent I'd like to get into this year. I know. I, so, I, And the frustrating thing with the Ravens last year to me was like, we have our backup quarterback in and if he doesn't stick the ball out from the four yard line, we beat the Bengals and knock out a team <laughs> that was looking really good in the playoffs. Absolutely. I try not to blame it on one play, but it's really hard to on that um, in that game not to blame it on that. <laughs> I, I had texted so, Leland. What was so to tell on myself a little bit? I had texted Leland on that play. I was like, Lamar who? Because he has that long run down to the four yard line. And then the next yeah. play he sticks the ball out. And we fumble it. And I was like, I texted things I can't say on the podcast. So <laughs> it was just like, this is. I didn't have to say anything. He took care of it all himself. Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a rough moment. I mean, that was a huge point swing, and I mean, you just can't come back from that. No. So, Joe, all those, all those Ravens Steelers playoff games and all the bigger games we they've had, I've usually been with Wendy during those games. Like the majority, it seems like, especially the playoff games. Yeah, we have been together for those games. So, like she, I, I guess, in the most part, has suffered through those because Steelers kind of had a good run there for a little bit with those playoff games. Um, but, uh, she's, she's, she's had to live with me on those. Uh, even knowing that knowing how, you know, the battles that we've had, she still took me up to a Steelers Ravens game to end the season. It was, it was Belichick's, uh, 
last game. Billick. Billick, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. My bad. Billick's last game. <laughs> See, I don't like them. I don't care. I don't I can't say their names right. Um it was Bill Parcells last game, right? Is that that's the name? No, it was he loves watching the Ravens legend Rod Woodson on that documentary that just came out oh on the 30 gosh, for 30. Shut up. Uh, but she took me to a game and she talks about her family uh, that are Ravens fans and season ticket holders up there. And uh, I appreciate your uncle because everybody, I, I wore my Steelers. I walked in there and uh, great tailgate, a lot of fun. They, they had known me previously, so, so they, they knew what was happening. But as we start walking the city, he just turns to me. He said, don't open your mouth and stay next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Um, and I mean, I think it's I haven't been to a Pittsburgh Steelers. I've been to. Well, it's not Heinz Field now, but whatever it is, I've been there, but not for a Steelers game, uh, Hokies game. Uh, but I'm assuming it's probably pretty hostile there. Uh, but you definitely don't want to be in the Steelers. Gone, you know, it's pretty easy for me when I go into there. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but no, I appreciate your family looking out for me. That was that was probably uh, it was a good reminder to shut up. I'll tell you, I had already picked up on that vibe that I needed to shut up that day. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Ravens Redskins. Uh, excuse me, uh, the Commanders. Uh, my husband and I, and we've been to you know preseason games, and we're able to talk back and forth, you know, and nobody cares, you know, in Washington about that. Uh, but Baltimore and Pittsburgh are definitely it's definitely a different vibe. Different. Well, I picked up that you said an Orioles fan too, and that is I also love the Orioles. Um, you great. like the Mets too, though. I do like the Mets, but I really am truly like I watch the Orioles. I mean, I don't want to say two thirds of the games, but I mean it's 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 close to two thirds of the games. I'm I'm trying to watch and keep up with, um, but I do also like the Mets. Yes. Great time to be an Orioles fan. Yes. Adley's great. I know. Adley's great. If our owner would just shut up and stop talking, that would be fantastic. Because every time he talks, it brings me down. Like the, uh, yeah. well, we're a small market team. So, you know, can't afford all these big contracts. I'm like, well, then sign Adley today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's kind of like the commanders finally got rid of Dan Snyder. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe the Orioles are next on the peak. Yeah, we can get rid of the Angelos family. That'd be great. But um, no, you talking about Ravens-Steelers. I haven't been to a Ravens-Steelers game, but the the I was thinking, because when he was saying, you know, all Baltimore fans are nasty, I'm like, I get that. That's an intense rivalry. And then I tried to think about all the times I've been to Orioles games. I'm like, it's not usually a hostile crowd. It's the same people for the most part, except for the Yankees. That is when things uh, will be said. Like, <laughs> things will yeah. be said. Asses will be shown, and uh, yeah, yeah. So my dad's a big; he was a big Yankees fan. Like, oh no, he he would he would always say up that you know, like on the radio, all they had were Yankees, um, like Yankees games to listen to. So he's a Yankees fan. So of course, when he marries my mom, um, and she's an Orioles fan, you know, a lot of her family was like, "What are you doing, like marrying this Yankee?" And she's like, "Oh no, you know, it's fine." That they took them to they an Orioles your game. Dad a Yankee, your dad from Chilawi, they called him a Yankee. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's, it's Chai. According to Dad, it was always Chai. Uh, but so they took him to this first game, and it was the Orioles in Baltimore, and my dad's just so excited, you know, and 
my mom's nervous because she knows what kind of fan dad is. <laughs> and I, I can't tell you to play her, but somebody from the Yankees hit a home run and dad just stands up. I mean, he's hooping and hollering and they're in the outfield. And my mom said, you are about to get your ass beat if you don't sit down. <laughs> so from that point on, dad understood when he goes to the Oriole Yankee games, he can wear his Yankee clothes, but he's got to keep his mouth shut. So <laughs> it just was fun. That first experience of Orioles and Yankees. Yeah, it's funny. But like I went to a Pirates game and I was wondering, I was like, are we going to get that? Because, you know, it's Pittsburgh fans oh, and Baltimore yeah, fans mixing. Yeah. They just don't care. Like it is. I think it is just the Steelers. Like there were plenty of people. There were people in Ravens gear at the game and they're just like, that's ah, the Pirates. Who cares? They suck. <laughs> it's because like as much as I hate it, it's like we're the same. We're built the same. We're like built with that tough and usually a run first offense for yeah. the most parts of history um well-run organization it's like not just flashy like we're built the same that's why it's like brother on brother hate like it's just it's real oh yeah the hatred the hatred is real that's for certain well i'm glad that you're an you're an o's fan glad you're a ravens fan i understand why leland is your friend now because he needs more people like that in his life Trying to pull them away from this Wait, Pittsburgh. I could get rid of some of them, Joe. Oh, that's we don't use the F word, you and me. So you know. yeah. Well, Joe comes on the podcast and talks about you know all the friends that he's texting or all the friends that he watched the game with. Hey, Joe, this is the friend. This is one of the friends I'm talking to. That's good. When I say my tech group, my texting, my tech group, she's it. <laughs> and Leland and I, I think I can say this. Truthfully, we give each other a lot, a lot of crap. Uh, but when other friends jump in, I don't take it as well because I'm like, eh, we don't really have that going on. Like Leland and I got that conversation going on. But other people, like the Ravens will lose and they'll text like, you know, abused or something like that when the Ravens lose in the end. And like when Leland texts it, I'm now like, ah, okay, I'll remember that. But somebody else in our group texts it and I'm like, what's going on? Like I get all defensive. So very interesting. Well, well, the, the main person that does that is a fan of the Commanders. So I don't, I mean, he's got to live. Yeah. He's got to pick up people else, other people's misery because he just lives in it. So, Also true. Greatest weekend of his life, though, probably. At least his yeah, he, fandom life. He, he had a big smile on his face this weekend. This weekend <laughs> I'm sure so. he did. How's, what's Brent think? Oh, he's so excited. I mean, I think he, for years, the Commanders... You know, I've been missing this and this, but they're just never going to go anywhere with Snyder. Um, and I think he's excited about some of the pieces the commanders have. You know, yes, it's still building, but he, I mean, he's been excited for the last couple of seasons. So I'm, for him, I'm hoping he's happy. Doesn't mean anything to me till the Super Bowl. So yeah, I cheer for him. A lot of consecutive winning to do before they're touching either one of our fan bases. So yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's the thing and anytime you get to any sporting event it's always full of the other team or just yeah. random teams where are the eagles gonna go yeah. see their games now it's gonna it's gonna be a shame <laughs> oh gosh the eagles yuck <laughs> all right nba playoffs who's gonna win it wendy uh you know to be honest towards the beginning probably before the all-star break i was really thinking the mavs we're going to be the team. The, kind of <laughs> well, you didn't, pick, you didn't pick an NBA bracket here. <laughs> I did not pick an NBA bracket. Um, 
you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I really don't know. I haven't watched as much NBA recently. I'll be I, I never watch much. Doesn't mean you can't have an opinion. This is the internet. Come on. I mean, I always cheer for the Lakers. So the Lakers are my dad's team. Goodness. So I'm not necessarily a LeBron fan, but I, I mean, I always cheer for the Lakers. So I have forgotten about this aspect of you. <laughs> <laughs> we had built it- you up really good for Joe, and now you just kind of destroyed it. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll pick, I'll go with the Lakers. I know that's far far off, but I'll just pick them anyway. Well, that's fine. All right, Wendy. Thanks for coming on. You earned it, so that's that's always good. Yay! I, I like when I can just have my friends on the podcast, um, but I at least I've made them earn it. It's not just you know Leland bringing his friends on every week, so it's it's good. Because hey, everyone can do this I, without I, a friend. So this is my first time. I've never won yeah. since you doing the podcast. You haven't. You. How many fantasy things have you won that we play? So, <laughs> I, 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 hey, I used to win a lot. What did you win? Well, I won several of our um, uh, fantasy leagues that we used to do. <laughs> like rugby? What are we talking? <laughs> Badminton. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm about to look in Yahoo right now because it gives me my history. I want to see what yeah, those leagues won. I was in. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we used to throw you in just so we wouldn't come in last. Oh wow, that's what you do in baseball. <laughs> hey, you won this week, didn't you? Because I, yes, but I usually in the summer forget for several weeks, so yes, it's just a disaster. Sorry. Oh, you beat that's... you beat Karen's dad last week, so. All right. All right. Starting off. I did at least change my pictures, so. Usually helps. <laughs> You're getting better. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on here. We look forward to you yeah. taking part and hopefully winning again so you get to come back on again. Um, but honestly, I'd probably have you on. You, you're plugged in enough that I should just have you on anyway. Um, but good luck with all the seasons out at Fort Defiance this year. And hopefully the football team keeps on improving next fall. And I know you guys got a lot a lot of hope here in the spring. You guys have I, that's that's a topic I wanted to hit real quick. Your Fort Defiance. How proud are you that they're so successful in the girls' sports out there? Oh, so 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 happy having coached volleyball and then played sports at Fort myself. Um, I'm just so happy. I feel like it's kind of everywhere, um, and it's just exciting. And it's exciting for me to talk to Sawyer about. Yeah, you know, I'm proud of you know I'm Fort Defiance through and through, but. It, I just love seeing the success and in so many different sports. It's awesome. Yeah. I just, the, them standing out in the girls' sports is something I've tried to make a big deal about on this podcast because last year we did the Yak Cup. I think technically we're doing it this year too. We just haven't talked about it as much. But they they by far were better in the girls' sports than anybody. And it was like all but one of their district championships was in girls' sports. So it's just – it's great out there. I, I appreciate the the building that you've done for that uh, with your coaching past because it – it's been building up to this. So it's, it's just something to be proud of out there. Thank you. I'm excited to anything. Love Fort Defiance and blue. Yeah. So I guess I'm Fort Defiance, Virginia Tech and Ravens big time. There you go. Well, thanks for coming yeah. on and we'll get you on again sometime. Okay. Thank you both. Thanks Joe. Thank you.
thanks again to Wendy coming on and uh, just in the small break there, I was, you know, telling Joe some of the stories that we left out, you know, having been roommates at Virginia Tech and friends forever and, you know, knowing her family so well, there's just so many stories uh, that we could, I mean, probably all a lot of good stories that we could have come on the podcast with. So she needs to win the bracket again. So we could tell some of those stories and more, more wrong stories. Cause that's, that's what the world needs. But uh, Joe, let's get into the D block and talk about what's been going on in our lives. Maybe not all sports and I'll, I'll lead it off here with some non-sports. Uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, as I've referenced the last couple of weeks is finally back. Um, not a Marvel show. I know you get confused. Um, so uh, it's back. One of my f- favorite shows of the last years. It's, I guess this is the fifth season. Uh, it's on Amazon. If you haven't watched it, I think it's great. Um, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, but I think, oh, I know a lot of married couples and stuff that definitely enjoy this because I think um, there's enjoyment uh, uh, for different interests and stuff. And it's, you know, set in the 50s in New York City and just a lot of really funny comedy, a lot of great characters. So if I have never been on this podcast and caught you uh, to tell you to watch Marvelous Maisel, I'm doing that now for any of the listeners here tonight. And uh, it started out good. The season three, uh, there's a whole, or season five, final season, and there's a, kind of a different aspect now. Um, not trying to spoil it too much, but if, if you even start season five, you'll get it. There's a little bit of flash forwarding, so you can kind of see where the characters are going to go, even though we're not going to have 15 seasons of this show. We can kind of see some of that outlook, and uh, it's, it's interesting so far. And each episode has kind of had a, a touch of that at the beginning, and then it picks up in the old storyline um, from, from her in her career. So, uh, again, recommend that. I know you're not going to watch it, Joe, but, uh, I, I think everybody else that does, uh, must be happy it's back and it came on, they were supposed to come out Friday and I cut on the TV Thursday night and, uh, there was three episodes sitting there staring at us. So we got to catch it a little bit early, which was, it's a nice get. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything for that. So I know you don't. I'll switch the topic. Uh, yeah, the hockey playoffs are starting. Let's get pumped for hockey. Um, who's actually, win, Joe? we've you missed say last week. You broke it all down, but you didn't say who's going to. Well, because I didn't know who was going to be in, and actually, I said the Penguins were going to be in. Guess who's not in the playoffs? Um, the Penguins choked. They had two of the easiest games on the schedule, and they lost both of them. Their GM ends mm. up losing his job over it, and their coach. Uh, but that allowed. That allowed the Islanders and the Panthers to get into the Eastern Conference playoffs, both of whom lost game one. Um, So I did, I will say, uh, I do think the Panthers, despite losing game one to Boston, uh, I still think they're going to upset Boston. The President's Cup is a curse, and the Boston Bruins won that this season. Only one team has ever won the Stanley Cup. That has won the President's Cup in the last 10 seasons, and that's toward the back end of that 10 seasons. So I think they're done. Um, the Hurricanes, they beat the Islanders 2-1. to one. The Western Conference games are just going on as we're recording. The Wild play the Stars. Kings play the Oilers to, on uh, Monday. The other playoff series going on that you'll see on uh, the night you're recording this, or I don't know. We're releasing it tonight. Sure. The. It's on Monday. Yeah. So Tuesday, it'll be the Rangers and Devils. 
And then the Lightning and Maple Leafs. I think both of those are going to be great series. I like the Rangers and the Lightning. And then you have Jets, Golden Knights, Kraken, Avalanche. I like the Avalanche to win the series. And I like the Jets to win their series. Uh, Going back to the other Wild Stars, I like the Stars. And then I like the Oilers. Uh, I do think the Hurricanes beat the Islanders as well. So there's eight teams or eight series. There's eight winners. Overall Stanley Cup, I would say I think uh, the Avalanche have a good shot, but I think the team that is going to end up raising the cup is going to be the New York Rangers. I think they added a lot at the deadline. I think they got a lot better, and um, I think they're going to end up beating the Colorado Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, there you go. Although I'm rooting for the Carolina Hurricanes. so. I'll take a rooting interest. I'm I'm fine with that. Am I sticking with my avalanche? Is that what I got to do here? I don't know. It's your. I've been riding them for years here. Your secondary team. Yeah, I mean hockey is in the secondary level of my sports paying attention to. Um, yeah, avalanche. There you go. Guaranteed it. Um, all right. What I know that you need to know. I want to swing back to that spring game just a little bit, just to give you an opportunity for your rant. Um, but I know spring game, Virginia Tech, I had a great time. The whole idea of spring game, it, it's a glorified practice. I know that. It's one of many practices they have in the spring. It's the last one, but it, it doesn't mean everything. You, you take what you see in the spring game, you pair that with what you've heard from the other, what was it, 14 practices they've had, and, and you – you read the writings, you listen to reporters, and you take that. You don't just take what you see on the field on Saturday as gospel. But from what I've heard and what I saw on Saturday, Grant Wells is going to be QB1 as we head into this season as he has been performing better than drones in practice. And my goodness, he performed better than him in this spring game. Uh, definitely look to have a good handle on the offense. He better. It's year two. He has the same offensive coordinator. There's The training wheels got to be off here. Um, and I got to say, I was a little disappointed with drones, just not sharp throwing the ball. He was more successful when it was some RPO stuff, which does give me some excitement because I do think we do have pieces that could fall into that. I think we're going to be pretty good at running back. I think we have enough there, um, that we can get a better offense going. So if Grant Wells isn't the guy, I think we just go full force into RPO stuff with 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 drones that's that's about our only options um but i will say i'm hoping we are going to see better play at quarterback in the years to come because i i don't think grant wells is the level of quarterback that i want our program continually behind uh it's he seems like more of the same from what we've had in the last six to eight years and so uh i'm looking forward out that to, to have him better than that. But I, I do think we have some playmakers at running back. So that's what I'm optimistic about. Um, you know, the maroon team shut out the white team. I don't know what that means. Cause I, the way they're split up, I don't even know who's, you know, back in the mid two thousands, I could look at spring game roster and who was on what team and, and kind of tell the matchups and whatnot. I don't know this team well enough to really break into that. Uh, I don't, I doubt it's a good sign that one team looked so much worse than the other team when they were supposed to be split up evenly. Um, but again, it's one practice out of 15 and just because there's a stadium full of people doesn't make it mean that much more than anything else. So um, 
that's that's what I got from the game itself. I'll let you hammer on that after I say it was a lovely day weather-wise. Had a great time before the game, caught up with some friends, saw people, the kids got to play. Um, it was nice around the stadium, just a great experience. My kids got to – I mean, it's like a test run of the whole uh, game day experience. So I take my kids so I can see how they're going to respond. My oldest did great. All of them did great. But I can imagine taking my oldest to an actual regular season tech game now with how much she responded to the pregame uh, atmosphere, the songs leading into the inner Sandman, the participation that I saw with all that. I loved it. And it made me proud, uh, proud dad. So that was fun. A proud hokey dad uh, that I'm bringing up kids the right way uh, because they participated so well. Uh, I had to buy them new hokey stuff after the game. And, and so they could wear it to school and talk trash to uh, fans of another team in the state of Virginia that are over the mountain. So they had fresh uh, clothes to do that in. So it was overall a great day, uh, but you know, you're going to tear apart the football aspect of it. So go. Yeah. I just want to say that for the record, uh, my opinion of spring games are that you can learn absolutely nothing from them uh, <laughs> because you're watching your own team play itself. So there's no way of knowing whether both of our units are great. Both of our units are equally terrible or if one unit is better than the other unit and uh, one unit is incredibly bad and the other is incredibly good. There's no way of knowing because we're watching them play ourselves. I will say you saying our running backs look great. I tend to remember our running defense not being very good last year. So that's kind of what I would touch on there is are our running backs good or is our defense still really bad at stopping the run? We'll find out because we play football games in the fall. But the spring game, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Um, it's just a big party. I think that's all it is good for is a big party. And um, the schools, I don't know. Let me. I guess let me ask this before I say this. Was this free? Oh, yeah. Okay. I know there are colleges where it's not free and you have to pay. Is why I was Before I get ready to say this. People who pay to go to spring games are absolute bona fide suckers. I hear you. I've paid once when it was absolutely a fundraiser for a young lady, I think on the women's basketball team that. Okay. If it's going to support something. Yeah. If it's going to support a charity, that's one thing. But a lot of most of these places that are charging are not doing it for a fundraiser. They're doing it for the athletic program. They did announce before the game, like it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday, it's going to be free. We encourage you to donate to our NI, to, to the NIL stuff because, I'm sure. I mean, that's what every school is just racing to get money in that. And then here is a way to support Virginia Tech student-athletes, but the money's coming from outside the school. So and now it's just another thing asking for money. So you know the school that's asking for money and donations all the time and the mandatory donations that you put with your tickets, like – everybody's asking the same people for money. So it's, it's going to get weird. Um, but uh, I've yet to do either right now. I enjoyed the free game and it was nice to be able to take three kids in there and not pay 50 bucks a backside to get them in there. Uh, especially when one's trying to lay down during the middle of the first quarter, like, yeah, it's, it's nice not to have to, it's nice to have that <laughs> opportunity. It was nice to have a little space to do that in. Um, I appreciated it wasn't a huge crowd. It really wasn't. It, and it was probably one of the weaker spring game attendance wise for a nice, pretty day when there, you know, really isn't any ex exterior circumstances to hold down attendance. It was not, you know, not 
a greatly attended game because we weren't very good last year. And people, mm-hmm. that's the decisions that are made. It's nice to see when you look online and you see other spring games and uh, pictures of other stands that we still had a better crowd than most of those. So I, I appreciate that out of Hokie Nation and people st- showing up. And I, I do think there's a little bit of excitement around the program because at least you have hope. And uh, I know what you say about hope, but I have some right now. I don't know how much for this season, but I just, I, it's got to get better. I, I pray that it gets better. Yeah, hope is dangerous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... <sighs> that's all well and good. And again, you talking about the NIL aspect, like they keep ass- banging up these fans for money and more money and season ticket holders money and donate to this thing for NIL money. Easy, easy to do that at Clemson, harder in Blacksburg. Harder in Blacksburg. And it also, like, this is also going to be the thing, I'll just say, because I know some people in Blacksburg get really, you know, all oh, they're just kids, don't boo them. Well, now it's going to be people's money going to them. And that is going to be another thing that gets people riled up and it'll get them riled up quicker when their money is going. If they're like, well, we're giving this kid how much money in NIL and he's going out there and doing that. Like, that's not just a Virginia Tech thing. That's going to be a across the board thing. Um, so because it is it's fans who pay for this. It's not the schools. So. Um, ugh. Yeah. I had a fun day. I'm glad you had a fun day. Great. Um, (laughs) So I've got two things here I could go with. I I could talk about the Mandalorian, but I'll wait because more of that season can come out. How many episodes are you in? I am all the way caught up. Okay. Well, so wait. Yeah, I will. Um, But. I'll talk instead about Jalen Hurts signing his big deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. I sent you a message today when that news broke. Um, and the message said, hope they win a Super Bowl this year because otherwise they won't be winning one. And that's not because I don't think Jalen Hurts is good. It's just the number of people who can command that big of a cap hit and still make a team Super Bowl good, I, in my opinion, is one name long, and it's Patrick Mahomes. I, if your name's not Patrick Mahomes, you're not that good. You're going to need help. I, Jalen Hurts, there's a lot of good players on the Philadelphia Eagles that fill out that supporting role that help them. And now that he's making that money, they're not going to have money for those supporting role players. And you're going to see them piece by piece go year after year and it's going to be a problem i like i said i think next year they still got enough of them it'll be fine but then contracts come up you got to decide who you're keeping who you're letting go and all of a sudden they're going to want their money too and that's going to be a problem it's in lamar jackson i know what lamar jackson's saying well if jalen hurts got that money why don't i get that money well one jalen hurts is slightly more healthy than lamar jackson has been but also and I found this to be very telling. Lamar Jackson turned down a very similar offer last September. The Ravens made an offer. So Hertz overall contract is 255. The Ravens in September offered 250, according to Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen. The guarantees, 179 million and change for Jalen Hurts, 175 million for Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson got a pretty similar offer from the Ravens 
early in the year. He turned it down, and now you get what you get. Because guess what? That money doesn't go up when you don't play the back half of a season. Your guaranteed money doesn't go up. And I know all the fans who are too stupid to understand how football works. When he was hurt and the Ravens are losing all these games, they're like, oh, Lamar's every loss, Lamar's paycheck gets a little bit bigger. And I'm like, wrong. He's not in the field. His paycheck gets a little bit smaller. Because guess what Lamar's game's based on? Run, 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 run. Jalen Hurts has speed, but he can throw the ball in the pocket. Lamar can't. It's just a fact. I wish he could. We'd win a lot more games. He'd be a lot healthier, but he can't. There's a reason opposing defenses want Lamar Jackson in the pocket when they play him. They have a better chance of winning when Lamar's in the pocket. Fact. I mean, them signing him right now is if the Ravens would have signed Lamar right after 2020. This, This is the equivalent signing. Yeah, this does have potential trouble written all over it. After their third year, that would have been after his third year. What you're banking on is that you're going to more Super Bowls. You know, I mean, well, they're in the mix. I, I guess my response to you when you sent it was they're really scared of not having a quarterback. I mean, the fear of not having a quarterback is what drives you. And you see these teams that just like seem to be a quarterback away, seem to be a quarterback away. And they think they don't have to solve that problem. Now I, you got to make it pay off. And that's a, I mean, that's a tough division to do it in and you got to hope he stays healthy. So I know he's been healthy, but so had Lamar at that point. I, I, it's hard to, I don't know. I don't, I'm not one way or the other on this. I think, I think long-term, this is going to be a bad deal. I think when we look back on this in three, four years, we're going to say that was a bad idea. Especially as you touched on, they had years to burn on that rookie contract. I don't understand teams that do that. I just don't. Your window is never better than when that star quarterback is on his rookie contract. Never better. But every player is always cheaper now than they are later, though. Not if Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Well, I... But it's okay. Say he doesn't get hurt. You could try to go sign him in two years. Then you have a worse problem than what the Ravens are having. Like at least now they can say, well, you've been hurt these last couple of years. Like, were you, what are you, but if he doesn't get hurt, then he's more expensive later. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, it's just how, let me just ask you this. Is Jalen Hurts. You want to sign this guy signing him early is better than later. I don't think Jalen Hurts. Is it going to pay off? Yeah. I I just don't, I don't think Jalen Hurts is the best player in the NFL. And so when you give him the highest paid contract in the NFL, I just have yeah. to stop and go, all right, do I think this guy is Patrick Mahomes level good? No. But next year, he'll be the third highest, and then the year after that, he'll be sixth highest. Like, I mean, That's great. That cap hit's still hitting the same. And yeah. when that offensive line that was really good this past year, they can't keep all those pieces, and then you start having some real randos show up, and you hope you hit the right ones in the draft. If they don't, yikes. Yeah. That's going to look real bad real quick. How are the Chiefs going to make it work? I mean, how? I mean, the Chiefs have been because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes is maybe the greatest quarterback ever. When it's all said and done, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. It's early to say that. Woo. Woo. Okay. I mean, he's doing that's, things. That's he's doing things at the quarterback game. position I haven't seen he's done right before. Now. He's he's doing things I haven't seen done before. 
and he's got a rocket for an arm. I, I hope he stays out of dog fighting. That's my best advice. Well, if you say stuff you haven't seen before, I, I feel like I've seen a little bit of it before. Not, I, it just seems like if the other, if, if Vic could have just stayed good, I, I swear they would have won Super Bowls. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's pie in the sky. That's what would have okay, been. Okay. But I, I, I think Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and, and, is just, I mean, look, I like Michael Vick. He had a rocket for an arm too, but Michael Vick wasn't as accurate with the deep ball as Patrick Mahomes is. Patrick Mahomes I is wish. shovel passing to tight ends, no look passing to tight ends and wide receivers over the middle, running around, playing with hurt ankles, still being effective. I wish Lamar Jackson was as good as Patrick Mahomes is with a hurt ankle. Like, yeah. that's what I want. And if I think, do I think Jalen Hurts with a hurt ankle is going to be good enough to get the Eagles to a su- win a Super Bowl? No, I don't. I, that's what I say when I say these mega contracts almost never work out. Yeah. Kirk no, Cousins, how'd that go for the Vikings? They were really worried about a quarterback situation. How Kirk Cousins doing? <laughs> Matt Stafford got that big contract with the Rams. They won the Super Bowl year one. What has happened since? I can't wait for Joe Burrow to get his big contract because then the Bengals will start to melt down. Like, Great. I I'm I'm just looking at Mahomes' stats here, and and he's just got to do. He's gonna have to like do what he's already done again. But yeah, it's possible he does that. I'm just I I really do. I think he's gonna. I don't think he's done winning Super Bowls. Super Bowl wins in three. So if he wins four, goes to six. Wins two more MVPs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. And look, I mean, Tom Brady was great. I know the number of rings is probably going to be in favor of Brady, but I also think we can we can say Brady wasn't the reason. Too though. Yeah, Brady wasn't the reason they won all those Super Bowls. And I, I know we still have to see how the career plays out for Patrick Mahomes, but I know Patrick Mahomes is the reason they won the first two. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that'd be cool. I'd be, I'd love it if we'd be talk, talk about him as the best player, best quarterback ever, because we could stop talking about Brady. But yeah, he's got other guys to pass on the way to that, and uh, other guys that won a lot of Super Bowls as being the man. So yeah, that'd be cool. I hadn't really thought about that aspect yet. I hadn't jumped to that to that level yet on Mahomes. So. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's talking about Mahomes is just me saying like when the Eagles offered that much to Jalen Hurts, I'm like, oof. I like Jalen Hurts. I don't think I like him that much. Yeah, and I mean, in all honesty, I don't like the Eagles, so I don't really want this to work out for them either. I, I guess I'm just a little more split. It's like the Giants. The Giants hit the panic button. If you don't like, if they don't, if they don't sign him, then in two years they have a quarterback problem, and there you have your problem. They have this. The problem the Ravens have right now. I can't wait. I don't think it's a great problem to have. Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, play this year under the tag with OBJ, high fives, celebrate all around, and then the Ravens draft a quarterback next year because that'll be a better draft class for quarterback. And then Lamar can go play for the Cleveland Browns when the Deshaun Watson experiment doesn't work out, and they can overpay for another quarterback and tank their franchise again. Like I don't. It's just so how important the quarterback position is in this league. It's just tough. With the other pieces that you have, kind of on the 
on the edge here these last couple of years to think like, all right, we're going to play him this year and then we're going to have a brand new quarterback and we might have another couple of years of building. Like you have to start building a lot of other stuff back then too. And the Eagles don't have to worry about quarterback now for five plus years, right? It's an extension. So what they had, how many more years they have on this rookie year? Two years. Yep. So is there to the next seven years? Like they don't have to worry about quarterbacks for the next seven years. Assuming he's healthy. Um, but that's two years you can build that supporting cast and, and they, make contracts I mean, around. They drafted him. well, pretty good. They got a lot of other guys on. A lot of those other guys are the young. They have a lot of young guys in decent positions. They have a little bit of old people, but I don't know. I don't know. I we'll see what they do. I mean, it's the Eagles seem to stick around. They it, like they're they're not gone from the upper half of that division especially very long so i don't i don't know it, it's just like you're i, I was starting to say is you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't you're either gonna be you in two years or you're gonna have a, this quarterback that you've paid some money to but it, if he stays decent like i don't know yeah or they might be the vikings and they have great regular seasons and then they get in the playoffs and they can't win because their team's not built for a postseason yeah, they went to the super bowl this past year it's they're not the Vikings. Jalen Hurts wasn't making $51 million. Yeah. It's hard to call them the Vikings when they went to the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> it's like the Vikings find a way not to. Okay. Well, when Jalen Hurts is making $51 million, <laughs> they might start looking a lot like the Vikings. Well, the Vikings don't make it when they are paying a quarterback big money or not. It doesn't matter if they don't make it. <laughs> but that's my point. My point is the teams who pay quarterbacks a lot of money typically aren't there. They don't go. You need a good quarterback, but you also need good players Brady around him. He made him. a good amount of money. I think he went to Super, Super Bowls. Tom Brady made some pretty good money. He seemed to go to But Super Tom Brady Bowls. was always restructuring his contract. We never know how much that man made because he always restructured that contract to help the he team out. He Roethlisberger, and he only went to two, three. That's why I'm ben saying, like, outside of... Year two. Man, you just think about the Super Bowl champions that we've had. Tom Brady on the Bucks. That was an amazing defense that won them yeah, a Super the Bowl. Same three and quarterbacks they, in the AFC for like fifteen years, and they're all timers. They're all timers. Well, they just bet is Jalen Hurts an all timer? I don't think he is. But who on that roster is? What quarterback? What who do they have in the quarterback room that is? Like they have him now. Like this is the problem. So like wait that, two like, years, and if he if he's breaking the bank, then you. Got to just say, sorry, we're not going to kill ourselves yeah, to pay you, you a billion the dollars. They're, they're taking their shot. They're taking their shot. Coming off a of Super Bowl season, they have a lot of talent in the locker room one way or the other right now. Maybe they are like, let's just, let's go for this year. Let's see, like, let's lock him in right here. Make him happy. Let's go, go, go. Try to cash in maybe more than just this year, these next two or three years. And then realizing year four and five is, likely not as good but if they get a super bowl in this stretch they're probably going to call that worth it if they get a super bowl uh, yeah sure they cannot win the super bowl this year that's what i'm saying i but that's what my message was better do it this year because i think after this year it starts to get hard with the cap math like if they do they'll call it worth it sure and if they do yeah if they win one this year great but then you could have also maybe won one the next year if you hadn't lit a bunch of money on fire Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's hard for me to be as definitive against this. You're in the middle of this debate with that. I had a quarterback that held on too long. 
So I, I, you could see it go either way, but just dooming them. I, it seems like they're going to have a little bit more of a window here. Not, not seven years. I mean, I, I get that. I'm not really arguing year six and seven, but it seems like you're like year one or it's over is a little, I'm saying, yes, I am saying year one, maybe, maybe year two. I've got you to move. Look at that. Maybe a year two, but after that, one year, I've got you moved. After that, put put it in stone. The (laughs) Eagles will not win a Super Bowl in that contract. They are dead. And I love they put a no trade clause in there. Great, because like there's gonna be a team. There's gonna be teams lining up for that deal. (laughs) Like gosh. Hey, there's a no trade clause uh, because no other team wants to take this giant. Killer I mean, the of a Rams cap. Just got what's his face out of Detroit, and then won the Super Bowl, and like now they're a mess. It was worth it. They won the Super Bowl. Well, I'm That's glad they feel doing. that way because they probably won't be going back anytime soon. An old guy. They have a young guy here. They won't be going anytime soon. So I'm glad they mm-hmm. feel that way, and their coach might quit. Like <laughs> every year in the off season, it's like I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> great news if you're a Rams fan. <laughs> funny about him is that they're like he has this mind that can remember conversations from 1994 and it's like these are the guys that burn out these are the guys that retire way early because like their mind just works so much that they burn out but matt stafford lost to geno smith this year that kind of leland that's kind of my point with this Jalen Hurts contract. Now, here's the good news for the Eagles. Here's the good news for the Eagles. The New York Giants overpaid for a guy who's even worse in Daniel Jones. That contract, I don't understand. I do think that's worse. When they threw that number out, I was like, yo, what are you doing? talk about the Giants when they signed him. Yeah. That's worse? Yeah. No, I agree there. That's the good news for the Eagles. You have a team in your division that just seemingly you got the Cowboys. Like, what are they going to do? Holy crap. Well, Jerry Jones they paid money for their quarterback too. They didn't year. We would get it in year one. So they must be done. Uh, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Although they finally moved off the Zeke contract. They finally got out from under that. They needed to, because they did something stupid. They, they broke another rule. You paid a running back. That's dumb. That's the, you know what? You know what? The New York Giants are about to do that. I can already tell. Saquon Barkley is saying, I'm not yeah. signing the franchise tag. You're going to have to sign me. So how stupid are the Eagles now? Well, that's They're but the that's the thing. The yeah, they'll be in the playoffs. <laughs> they'll be in the playoffs, but then they'll lose because they're going to have to play teams not in their division. But, man, it, honestly, if I was the New York Giants, I know this is going to be a bad PR hit, but I you just look at Saquon Barkley and be like, all right, thumbs up, dude. See ya. Don't ever. Don't ever pay a running back. It's just not worth it. No. It's not worth it. I know that's not fair to running backs, but it's absolutely 100% not worth it. Yeah, he's 26. He's ancient. Don't sign him. And look, if this is something that could be negotiated in the CBA, I think running back rookie contracts should be shorter just because of that they fact. They can cash in the next one. Yeah, yeah, they need to be able to cash in sooner than the other positions because they're just yes. no chance that they're worth anything by the time they get to like 26 or 27. But exactly, and that's what Saquon is. Yeah. But I, I just, yeah, Leland, I don't know, man. I, I think you look at the Panthers, what they had to give up to the Bears. The Bears are going to build around fields. I think that's going to be a much better Bears team next year. The Packers. That matter. In two years, they're going to have to pay fields or not. 
<laughs> Who knows? Everybody's well, doomed. no, they won't because they don't have to pay Fields for another three years or four right? years. They don't have to pay Fields for another four Vinny, years. Vinny Testaverde or whoever his son is, you know. Just Vinny Testaverde Jr. He's a battle hawk. Get him. He's in. A, he's in the XFL. It's the curse of drafting a quarterback. If he's any good, I'll have to sign him. I just think there's because they're not. Patrick I think Holmes. there's better ways to do that. I think. Look, like we talk about in baseball, right? And like we talk about in all these other sports, eventually when you see these mega contracts, you're like, wow. And then it almost never works out. And you're eventually you're like, at what point? And there's always a correction. The owners are like, you know what? We're not winning when we do this. Why are we doing this? And that's going to get corrected. I think this Jalen Hurts is just maybe one of the last deals where you see this mega contract and it's like, huh, that didn't really work. Maybe we should stop doing that. Maybe that's that's just my I point. Can't Deshaun Watts signed that. Deshaun Watson signed that contract. That's real crazy. And, and that's but that's Leland. That's my point. That's like Lamar Jackson looks at that. That's stupider than this one. Lamar Jackson looks at that and goes, "Well, I'm better than Deshaun Watson," and he is. But the Ravens are like, "Cool, we're not the Cleveland Browns." We're he's not. Still got he's still got less guaranteed money money than Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're not the Arizona Cardinals. Like that's these are big guarantee money contracts, Leland. How are these teams? Mm. So, that's my point. I just I don't know. I maybe I'll end up being wrong and you'll be able to run around and celebrate this too. But I really don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a long-term threat for Super Bowls. I just this contract, that's a contract that kills Super Bowl dreams yeah good for him on getting paid now all that being said good for Jalen Hurts if you can go get that money dude get that money great get it but yep I think our if I was a fan of a team I wouldn't window is a little bit wider yeah maybe yeah you think the window is wider than I do and we'll see but yeah I'm just saying a real argument I'm not saying I know it comes out that I am against paying players and uh, again if if players can get paid then get paid but what I will say is, as a fan of the Ravens, I never want to see us like just eat up that much of the cap for one player. I just think that's a have the highest bad idea. Player and, like, yeah, I never it. want that. I never want my team just made so and so the highest paid player ever. And be like, no, don't ever yeah, do that. And as much as I'm complaining that's about fair. the Orioles, like if the Orioles, I joke too, like Adley Rushman is our savior. He's going to save our franchise. Blah blah blah. If the Orioles did something crazy and whatever Shohei Otani makes, the Orioles top that for Adley Rushman, I'm going to sit here and go, what did we just do? Because I will also know that I will now be paying $100 to go watch Orioles games, and we're not going to be any good. <laughs> hey, good I mean, news is I'll be worried I mean, about we, the other thing. We we're, not gonna, a lot of... we're not going to pay anybody. So Adley Rushman's going to be a Yankee in four years or whatever it is, and I'll <laughs> hate baseball. The Steelers have let running backs go, wide receivers go, so I, and it's worked. I mean, generally, I know we're not super great lately, but we're a steady franchise. So I, I, I hear you. And that's just, the other I thing, do, Leland. Like, like I think we're arguing the window length. We're arguing window. That length. is our that's argument. But right. also, 
you talking about quarterbacks and yes, quarterbacks help you win Super Bowls. That's for sure. Having a better quarterback gives you a better shot. But the Ravens, two Super Bowl champion quarterbacks are Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco. Not great. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo almost won a Super Bowl. Twice. Yeah. Like if we want to pick out the, the shitty ones that have gotten Super Bowls, that's fine. There's been a whole heck of a lot of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and okay, but then I Leland, then again, I'm saying is Jalen Hurts that level? I think we both agree he's not. Today, he's not. They're I betting don't that think he is. He is. They're okay. betting with the guy they have rather than betting with who they could draft in two years. Well, as a person who advises people sometimes on investments, I would say that's a bad investment. Okay. It's tough in this league to get a quarterback that's worth a heck, and they think they got one. So I don't know why I'm editing myself on heck when I just cursed a second ago. You did. That's where we're at. It's fine. Leave it in. Nobody's listening anymore anyway. Uh, speaking true. of investments, I listened to your investment advice last week, and I did like what I saw, the value in the Kings. And so I did took a future on that series over the Warriors. And the Kings won game one. So, so far, I'm happy with you, Joe. Stop. Uh, luckily, uh, count. <laughs> yeah, stop it now. Stop the series right now. They are. Uh, we'll see what as but of recording, I, I, they are winning was there game and two. I took it and I like it. Yeah. So. As of recording, they are winning game two. So nice. I'm going to go turn that on. I'm going to go turn on the hockey playoffs. So because the rest of these are going to all these games are at 10 o'clock and Charles Barkley hates that. So. Uh-huh. The stars are winning. I might turn over to some hockey. Uh, remind me what channel that I need to turn by. <laughs> ESPN and ESPN2. Tonight is ESPN. That's good. So the basketball must be on TNT tonight. Uh, it is. Yeah. There you go. Chuck is already making the rounds on social media. So we already got, <laughs> so we got hockey's on ESPN and then TNT. So same as basketball, really. Sure. I guess they switch nights. What a great deal for both those leagues. Gosh. Yeah, they're just like one off in each other night. That's that's really not bad. I love that for this league. I love I listen, it. I listened to a really interesting uh, sports media podcast with Richard Deitch uh, today, and I would recommend people to do that. If you hear me talk about media deals and stuff on here, and I always reference, well, this is what like smart people have said. This is the stuff I listen to. So uh, I recommend you listen to, it is called the Sports Media with Richard Deitch. Um, so uh, I recommend that. So it was a really interesting one where they were digging into um, sports rights deals for like leagues and stuff in the future and like kind of how they see stuff going. And it was really interesting with the uh, online, you know, Amazon and, and non-traditional network stuff. So they said a lot of interesting things there. I'm not going to sit here and review it all. I'll pull it out when you make an argument that negates one of those things. And uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> I tend to listen to John Skipper and David. Sanders. I listen to the Skipper as, as much as I can. Yeah. Um, he's a guest on Deitch a lot. Uh, I like his stuff from the sports media journal. Um, so I try to save up my free views as much as I can on that. Yeah. Former head of ESPN in case you don't recognize the name, but yeah, really good stuff. But yeah. after you listen to this podcast, you can go listen to those stuff. Uh, so well, yeah, make sure get done you here first. yeah get done here first, and then make sure you tell all your friends to listen to this, and you know maybe the other thing. Who knows? 
Until next week, folks, you can follow us on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. That's Y A C Sports Pod. Or on Facebook, Y A C Sports Pod. Or you can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Make sure you're telling your friends. We're going to cover a lot of local Augusta County sports in addition to all this other stuff that we talk about for funsies at the end. Hope you enjoyed this week. Interact with us. Tell us what you think on the high school spring season. Tell us what you think about the upcoming college seasons. What do you think about spring games? All that and more. Until then, folks, enjoy the rest of your week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.